Hello everyone. Good morning. Welcome to the Inspired by the Word Times of Devotion. You're welcome to, the, to today's devotion. Hallelujah. Right now we're going to be praying. Praise God. I'd like to read to us. First Timothy 2 from verse 1. Says I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Praise the Lord. Right now, in line with that, we're going to be praying. Praise God. And I'm going to read to us the prayer points the pastor gave us during the communion service. I'm going to read a part to us. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the satanic work, we divide it, we break it, we separate it, we cut them off from the nations that they will not be able to control the government of the nations. Hallelujah. Satan and the demons of darkness will not be able to control the world. We break their power. We break their influence from the leaders of the nations. In the name of Jesus, we frustrate their efforts. They will not proceed with these nefarious plans. Satan will not proceed. You devil of darkness, in the name of Jesus, we frustrate your efforts. Let's kindly unmute ourselves right now and begin to pray in line with this, that the plans of the enemy is frustrated. They will not be able to carry out their nefarious activities. Yes, yes. the satanic work of darkness does not hold. They will not be able to control the government of the in the name of they will not be able to control the world. No, never. We break their influence from the leaders of the nations in the name of God. We frustrate their efforts. We frustrate their efforts. Don't 
Oh, glory to God. Oh, thank you, sweet spirit of God. Yes, Makarabashatakabaya. We prostrate every satanic plan of God. Yes, oh God, we bring them to an end. Hallelujah. Lika Santa Kabaya. None of their plans will prevail as long as the rapture has not taken place. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Liko Sombra Nakabakashatakabaya. Yes, Maka Sombre de Kikabarabashata. We destroy all their plans. We cut it off. We stop them, oh God, in their tracks. All their nefarious plans and activities, oh God. Lika Sondo Kobaya. Yes, this was they will never, never be able to control the leaders of the nations, oh God, with their wickedness. Maka Soto Kobarabashata. Libra Rakaba Sondo Kobeleki Zakatalabosh Takabaya. Oh, Laki Zubra Rakabasata. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Liza Katela Manda Kabashata Kabaya. Yelamo Soto Kobra Kabaya. Because yes, only the gospel, only the plan of the living God will continue to prosper in the earth of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus and in the lives of the people, in the lives of the nations. Lika Soto Kabaya. Yes, hallelujah. Their plans are frustrated. Hallelujah. Every satanic and wicked plan of the enemy of God, they are frustrated, oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lika Sonda Krakabaya. Yes, so called wisdom is turned to foolishness. Hallelujah. Foolishness on all levels. Thank you, precious Father. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Yes, because only your plans and your purposes, oh God, for the world at this time will prevail. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Inspired by the Word Times of Devotion with the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope you've been having an inspiring journey so far. Thank you so much, esteemed Amarak, for the opportunity to always be prayer. I'm very grateful. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much, Ma. Right now, we're going to be going into the Rhapsody segment, and I would like to invite Brother Martins to take that segment. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Thank you, Pastor Teddy, for this um, for the wonderful prayer session. And thank you once again, esteemed Sister Maka, for this great opportunity. Praise the Lord. Today, we're taking a devotional. And the theme of today's devotional is the programming of the world. And our key text is taken from Proverbs chapter 7, verse 2 to 3. Keep my commandments and live, and my laws as the apple of thy eyes. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the the table of thy heart. Second Timothy chapter 3, 16 to 17, 
AMPC, Amplified Classic Translation says, every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration and profitable, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for, the, for every good work. It's impossible for anyone whose life is regulated and propelled by the world to fail or disadvantage in life. The world programs you to be an absolute success. If you sow a corn seed, for example, you aren't going to have a harvest of mangoes, apples, or oranges. The reason is that the seed was programmed to reproduce its kind. Also, you must have been, you must have heard of computer programming, creating a sequence of instruction to enable the computer to do something. It's similar to how God's word functions as well. It's the mystery of writing and God invented writing. Writing is about one thing, programming. So, Pastor Isenosius here says, our lives are just, our life should be just like a computer that has a sequence of instruction called programming that helps the system to work. So the programming of those computer sequences will cause the system to function in the manner of which the programmer has caused it to function. The same way God is the programmer and he has programmed us by his word. If we choose that word, that particular programming that he has given to us, Pastor says to us, he says, it is not possible for such an one, like he used to say, for such a person not to, not to be a success. He said, a person will be an absolute success. When God talks to you, when his word comes to you, what he seeks to write, what he seeks is to write the program and have it stored in your hearts, which you can further process because of who he's made you. Psalm 8 verse 6, Psalm 82 verse 6 says, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. He created creators. You are an inventor. He created creators. And it's so beautiful when you look at um, the King James, the, the um, Genesis creation experience. The Bible says, everything God created, he spoke them into being. Let there be light. Let the fishes give us after, give us after their own kind. The dogs, all the animals, the creeping things, he spoke them into being. He spoke all of them. Then, when he wanted to create man, he said, let us make man. 
He made man. He said, in our image and after our likeness. Which means, after speaking everything into being, he made man after himself and made man to become like him. So man was primarily supposed to speak things into being. Glory to God. He created creators. Man was supposed to think of it the way God brooded upon the surface of water. No wonder the Bible says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ever ask or imagine. All that you ever say or think. All that you ever ponder or speak. He created creators. I dare to say I am an innovator. Say it to yourself. I am an innovator. He says you are an innovator. You are a creator. I am a creator. I am a creator. First Corinthians 6 verse 17 says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Oh. You know, I remember a certain time. I, I, I'm, there's a man of God I was watching. I think I, I, I'm trying to remember the man of God. But he said something. He brought two cups of water half filled, and then he poured them together. He now calls someone to come and separate the water. The water, the, you cannot know which one is on cup A and cup B. They've intermingled. There's no way you can separate it. The same way the Bible says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. We have been mingled with God. We are one spirit with him. Pastor goes on and says, he says, he's brought you into union with himself. Oh. Oh. You know what the Bible says? When Christ was about to go, he said, Father, he prayed this prayer. He said, Father, the glory that you have given unto me, I've given unto them so that they will be one as we are one. We became united by reason of the glory. We were glorified. As he gave us that glory, we became united with him. No wonder the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. He says, he's brought you into union with himself. He is the head. We are the body. The head is not separate from the body. It is a complete functional system. Head and body makes the whole human body, human, uh, makes the whole body, the whole system. There's no, there's, no, there's no system, there's no body without a head. And there's no head without a body. It is full. Know that the Bible says, of his fullness have we all received, and grace upon grace. Of his fullness, the totality of him we have received into ourselves. We put on Christ. We, have, we wore him like a jacket. We are inside him. And the beautiful thing is, he's inside us. And it was something that I kept wondering until this scripture came to my spirit years ago. It says, God dwells in eternity. He dwells in a place, in a light where no man can approach. He dwells in eternity. In an inquantifiable forever. And then the Bible says, God has set eternity in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Oh, which means inside us is an unthinkable, unimaginable forever. Unstoppable end. Undiable me. 
And then God has said this eternity in my heart. Then, this God dwells in me. If he has set eternity in my heart and he dwells in eternity, it means I carry God everywhere I go. Praise the Lord. Is it no wonder the Lord Jesus reiterated the words in the words we read in Psalm 82, verse 6? In John 10, 34, he reiterated that word. He said, It is it is not written, is it not written in your law? I said, You are gods. You are gods. We are gods, and all of us are children of the most high. Praise the Lord. There's another beautiful one in James 1.18. Of his own will, begat he us with the word of truth. Oh, this is our month of truth. He begat he us with the word of truth. That we should be a kind, a type, a species of first fruits of his creature. How powerful this is. Of his own will, by the will of God, he begat us. To be a kind of first fruit of his creature. You are the God kind of man. Ah, you need to say this. I am the God kind of man. I am the first. This is the first, best, and most sublime of his creatures. The first, the best, and most sublime of his creatures. I am a God kind of man. I'm the first, the best, and the most sublime of his creatures. Hallelujah. So being born again, you were brought into union with him. You are a comrade of the heavenly pantheon. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you are a comrade of the heavenly pantheon, remember when God said he wanted to destroy um, Sodom and Gomorrah? He wants to do something. He had to say, he said, I will not do this until I discuss with my friend Abraham. Can God trust you with that? He, he, he does. He really does. He tells you, this and this are what I want to do. Why? You are a comrade of the heavenly pantheon. You have been brought into union with him. He will tell you his plan. Okay, you know what? I've, I, no one knows the day or the time. But you know what? I'm coming this year. He will tell you the time. He will program your mind for the timing. He will get you ready. Just like he's getting us prepared. He will tell you what he wants to do. He will give you his resources to prosper others. And above all, he has come to dwell inside you. Inseparable oneness. Glory to God. You are a comrade of the heavenly pantheon. You've been brought into oneness with God. Which means when I see Pastor Debbie, I see God. When I see Sister Joy, I see God. When I see Brad Dozier, I see God. When I see Nikki Weldy, I see God. He has brought us into oneness. You know, it's so funny. I, 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 when, I, when I hear, you know, in, in Nigeria, some people say, you know, some people say, make one very nasty comment. Some people say, see me see trouble. And I'm like, ah, see me see God. Wow. See me see God. Because I am one with him. I am one with him. Of his own will, he begat us with the word of truth. With the word of reality that we are one with him. We don't do anything to make all this happen. He said, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. 
Receive. He gave it to you. Take it. I've taken mine. I have the gift of righteousness now. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus now. Therefore, I am a comrade of the holy pantheon. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I would like to say once again, thank you so much to Sister Maka for this great opportunity. And at this time, I'll be handing over to the esteemed Sister George to through the confession and the other studies. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bromatis. See me, see God. Hallelujah. Good morning, esteemed Sister Maka. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're connecting from. I'm going to be taking the further study. We're reading from Deuteronomy 11, 18. Therefore shall ye lay up these words. Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be if they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Proverbs 6, 20 to 21, the Amplified Classic Version. My son, keep your father's God-given commandment and forsake not the law of God your mother taught you. That's Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Bind them continually upon your heart and tie them about your neck. So right now we're going to be taking the confession together. Just repeat after me wherever you are. You don't have to unmute your mic. I walk in the truth and reality of God's eternal word. I'm the God kind of man because I have the life and nature of God in my spirit. I function with precision and utmost proficiency, excellence and perfection. I'm a creator, a distributor, and sharer of eternal blessings. I rule and reign in this life, prevailing gloriously by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Um, right now, I'd like to hand over to the esteemed Brodozi as he takes us through the New Testament reading of the one-year Bible plan. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Have a beautiful Tuesday ahead. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depends on where you're connecting from, from different corners of the world. Thank you so much, Sister Maka, for this wonderful platform. Ah, I am the God kind of man. You know, there's a thing about knowing it and there's a thing about experiencing it so much so that you are not going out to look for it any longer. You are it, you experience it. And ah, that's, that's so amazing. I am the God kind of man, praise God. Today we're reading the New Testament Bible reading plan and we're reading the book of Luke chapter 13. And we're reading the message translation. Congratulations to everyone that has been consistent from the beginning of the year. It's been an interesting read planting the seed of God's word in your hearts. We're reading from verse 22 today, and it says, he went on teaching from town to village, village to town, but keeping on a steady course towards Jerusalem. A bystander said, master, will only a few be saved? 
he said, whether few or many is none of your business, but put your mind on your life with God. The way to life to God is vigorous and requires your total attention. A lot of you are going to assume that you sit down to God's salvation banquet just because you have been hanging around the neighborhood all your lives. Well, one day, you are going to be banging on the door, wanting to get in, but you will find the door locked and the master saying, sorry, you're not on my guest list. <laughs> you know, so it's so funny that you know a lot of people hang around um, church and um, they just believe that um, because they are in a particular ministry or church that um, the blessings of God or the appropriation of what God has given to a Christian will fall upon them. But Jesus is clearly saying here that your salvation is personal and you have to put the word of God to work to see it manifest. Verse 26, you protest, but we have known you all our lives, only to be interrupted with his abrupt. Your kind of knowing can hardly be called knowing. You don't know the first thing about me. That's when you find yourselves out in the cold, strangers to grace, boy. That's when you find yourselves out in the cold, strangers to grace. You watch Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets march into God's kingdom. You watch outsiders streaming from east, west, north, and south, and sit down at the table of God's kingdom. Uh, you know, I remember when um, I got saved, I used to read a lot of um, Ken Hagen's books, and he was talking about um, some people in church, and they'll be angry why the sister that just came into church is, is being blessed, is being prosperous, and they have been in ministry for, for ages, and they are wondering what's happening. And it's simply the understanding of how to put God's faith, God's word to work, that the sister just understood her righteousness, and she didn't count her righteousness for herself. She counted God's righteousness instead, and she just walked in what God has given her, whereas somebody else is trying to appropriate it by their works or by their goodness. Continue reading. And all the time, you'll be outside looking in and wondering what happened. This is the great reversal. The last in line put at the head of the line and the so-called first ending up last. This is the great reversal. The last in line put at the head of the line and the so-called first ending up last. Just then, some Pharisees came up and said, run for your life. Heros on the hunt is out to kill you. Jesus said, tell that fox, that I, have not, I have no time for him right now. Today and tomorrow, I am busy clearing out the demons and healing the sick. The third day, I'm wrapping things up. Besides, it's not proper for a prophet to come to a bad end outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, killer of prophets, abuser of the messengers of God. How often have I longed to gather your children? Gather your children like a hen. Her brood safe under her wings. For you refused and turned away. And now it's too late. 
you won't see me again until the day you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of God. And may the Lord bless this reading in our hearts. And I am the God kind of man. I just, I don't just say it. I don't just know it, but I experience it in my mind, first of all. Praise God. Thank you, everyone, for this wonderful opportunity. Have a blessed, blessed day. I'll hand over to Brother John, who will take us through the Old Testament Bible reading. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Thank you very much, Brother Jose, for this beautiful read of the New Testament segments. Now we are headed to the Old Testament segments of our Bible reading. And we are reading Judges chapter 14, 15, and 16 today. So um, I'll start with chapter 14. Before I go, and I want to say a big thank you to Sister Maka for this opportunity to do this. So we are continuing with the story of Samson. From verse 1, chapter 14, Samson went down to Timna. There in Timna is a woman. There in Timna, a woman caught his eye, his eye, a Philistine girl, came back and told his father and mother, I saw a woman in Timna, a Philistine girl, get her for me as my wife. The experience said to him, isn't there a woman among the girls in the neighborhood of our people? Do you have to go get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She's the one I want. She's the right one. His father and mother had no idea that God was behind this, that he was arranging an opportunity against the Philistines. At the time, the Philistines loaded it over Israel. That's fine. Samson went down to Timna with his father and mother. When he got to the vineyards of Timna, a young lion came, to, came at him, roaring. The Spirit of God came upon, came on him powerfully and he ripped it up barehanded like, it, like tearing a young goat. But he didn't tell his parents what he had done. Then he went on down and spoke to the woman. In Samson's eyes, she was the one. Hmm. Some days later, when he came back to get her, he made a little detour to look at what was left of the lion. And there, a wonder, a swarm of bees in the lion's carcass and honey. He scooped it up in his hands and kept going, eating as he went. <laughs> he rejoined his father and mother and gave some of them and they ate. But he didn't tell them that he had scooped out the honey from the lion's carcass. <laughs> Verse 10, his father went on down to make arrangements with the woman. While Samson prepared a feast there, that's what the young men did in those days. Because the people were wary of him. They arranged for 30 friends to mingle with him. Samson said to them, let me put a read through to you. If you can figure it out during the seven days of, this, of the feast, I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of fine clothing. But if you can't figure it out, then you will give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of fine clothing. They said, put your riddle, let's hear it. So he said, 
from the eater came something to eat. From the strong came something sweet. Verse 14, they couldn't figure it out. After three days, they were still stumped. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's bread, Warm the answer out of your husband. I will burn you. I will burn you and your father's household. Have you invited us here to bankrupt us? So Samson's bread turned on, turned on the tears, saying to him, You hate me. You don't love me. I've told the riddle to my people, but you won't even tell me the answer. He said, I haven't told my own parents. Why would I tell you? But she turned on the tears. <laughs> I like how the Bible says she turned on the tears. <laughs> she, verse 17, but she turned on the tears all the seven days of the feast. On the seventh day, worn out by her nagging, he told her, and she went and told it to her people. The men of the town came to him on the seventh day, just before sunset, and said, what is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And Samson said, If you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have found my riddle. Then the Spirit of God came powerfully on him. He went down to Ashkelon and killed 30 of their men, stripped them, and gave their clothing to those who had served the riddle. Stalk him. Oh dear, dear. Stalking out, smoking with anger, he went home to his father's house. Samson's bride became the wife of the best man at his wedding. Hmm. We now move to Judges 15. It's funny how he had to go and kill 30 Philistine men, got their clothes to give to the food that found the food. <laughs> Okay, Judges 15. Later on, it was during the wheat harvest. Samson visited his bride, bringing a young goat. He said, let me see my wife. Show me her bedroom. But her father wouldn't let him in. He said, I concluded that by now you hated her with a passion. So I gave her to your best man. But her little sister is even more beautiful. Why not take her instead? Samson said, that does it. This time, when I wreak havoc on the Philistines, I'm blameless. Samson then went out and caught 300 jackals. He lashed the jackals' tails together in pairs and tied a torch between each pair of tails. He then set fire on the torches and let them loose in the Philistine fields of ripe grain. Everything burned, both stacked and standing grain, vineyards and olive orchards, everything. The Philistines said, who did this? They were told, Samson, son-in-law of the teammate, who took his bride and gave her to his best man. The Philistines went up and burned both her and her father to death. Hmm. Samson then said, if this is the way you are going to act, I swear I will get even with you, and I'm not quitting till the job is done. With that, he tore into them, ripping them limb for limb, a huge slaughter. Then he went down and stayed in a cave at Etam Rock. You know, verse 9, let me continue. Verse 9, the Philistines set out and made camp in Judah, preparing to attack Lehi 
also known as Jawbone. When the men of Judah asked, why have you come up against us? They said, we are out to get Samson. We are going after Samson to do to him what he did to us. Three companies of men from Judah went down to the cave at Itamrock and said to Samson, don't you realize that the Philistines already bully and lord it over us? So what's going on with you? Making things even worse. He said, it was tit for tat. I only did to them what they did to me. They said, well, we've come down here to tie you up and turn you over to the Philistines. Samson said, just promise not to hurt me. We promise, they said, we'll tie you up and surrender you to them. But believe us, we won't kill you. They proceeded and tie him up and tie him with new ropes and led him up from the rock. As he approached Lehi, the Philistine came to meet him, shouting in triumph. And then the Spirit of God came on him with great power. The ropes on his arms fell apart like flocks on fire. The strips of leather slipped off his hands. He spotted a fresh donkey jawbone, reached down and grabbed it, and with it, killed the whole company. And Samson said, with a donkey's jawbone, I made heaps of donkeys on them. With a donkey's jawbone, I killed an entire company. When he finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone. He named that place Ramah Lehi, Jawbone Hill. Now he was suddenly very thirsty. He called out to God. You have given your servants this great victory. Are you going to abandon me to die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? So God split open the rock basin in Lehi. Water gushed out and Samson drank. His spirit revived. He was alive again. That is why it is called En Hakor, Kola Spring. It is still there at Lehi today. Samson judged Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. Now, and I hand over to Pastor Deborah to take us through Judges 16. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much, esteemed Amarak. Take this um, part of the Bible reading. And brother, does you please, if you can, um, give the co-host rights. Thank you. Praise God. Judges sixteen. Samson went to Gaza and saw a prostitute. He went to her. The news got around Samson's ear. They gathered around in hiding, waiting all night for him at the city gates. Quite as mice, thinking at sunrise we'll kill him. Samson was in bed with the woman until midnight. Then he got up, seized the doors of the city gates and its two gate posts, bolts and all heft them on his shoulder and carry them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Some time later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek. 
grapes. Her name was Delilah. The Palestinian, the Philistine tyrants approached her and said, seduce him, discover what's behind his great strength and how we can tie up and humble him. Each man's company will give you a hundred shekels of silver. That's a lot of money. So Delilah said to Samson, tell me dear, the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and humbled. <laughs> so she outrightly asked him how you can be humbled. Samson told her, if they were to tie me up with seven bowstrings, the kind made from fresh animal tendons, not dried out, then I would become weak, just like anyone else. The Philistine tyrants brought her seven bowstrings, not dried out, and she tied him up with them. The men were waiting in ambush in her room. And she said, the Philistines are up on you, Samson. He snapped the cords as though they were matrids. The secret of his strength was still a secret. Delilah said, come now, Samson. You're playing with me, making up stories. Be serious. Tell me how you can be tied up. He told her, if you were to tie me up tight with new ropes, Ropes never used for work. Then I would be helpless, just like anybody else. So Delilah got some new ropes and tied him up. She said, the Philistines are on you, Samson. The men were hidden in the next room. He snapped the ropes from his arms like threads. Delilah said to Samson, you're still playing games with me, teasing me with lies. Tell me how you can be tied up. He said to her, if you wove the seven braids of my hair into the fabric of the loom and drew it tight, then I would be as helpless as any other mother. When she had him fast asleep, Delilah took the seven braids of his hair and wove them into the fabric on the loom and drew it tight. Then she said, the Philistines are on you, Samson. He woke up from his sleep and ripped loose from both the loom and fabric. She said, how can you say I love you when you won't even trust me? Three times now, you have toyed with me like a cat with a mouse. <laughs> Refusing to tell me the secrets of your great strength. She kept at it day after day, nagging and tormenting him. Finally, he was fed up. He couldn't take another minute of it. He spilled it. He told her, a razor has never touched my head. I've been God's Nazarite from conception. If I were shaved, my strength would leave me. I would be as helpless as any other mortal. When Delilah realized that he had told her his secret, she sent for the Philistine tyrants, telling them, come quickly. This time he's told me the truth. They came bringing the bribe money. When she got him to sleep, his head on her lap, she motioned to a man to cut off the seven braids of his hair. Immediately, he began to grow weak. His strength drained from him. Then she said, the Philistines are on you, Samson. He woke up thinking, I'll go out like always and shake free. He didn't realize that God had abandoned him. The Philistine grabbed him 
gogged out his eyes and took him down to Gaza. They shackled him in irons and put him in the work of grinding in the prison. But his hair, though cut off, began to grow again. The Philistine tyrants got together to offer a great sacrifice to their Dagon, to their god Dagon. They celebrated, saying, Our God has given us something, our enemy. And when the people saw him, they joined in, cheering their God. Our God has given our enemy to us, the one who raved our country, piling high the corpses among us. Then this, everyone was feeling high, and someone said, Get something, let him show us his stuff. They got something from the prison and he put on a show for them. They had him standing in between, they had him standing between the pillars. Samson said to the young man who was acting as his guide, put me where I can touch the pillars that hold up the temple so I can rest against them. The building was packed with men and women, including all the Philistine tyrants, and there were at least three thousand in the stands watching Samson's performance. Then Samson cried out to God, Master God, oh, please look on me again. Oh, please give strength yet once more. God, with one avenging blow, let me, aven let me be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached out to the two central pillars that held up the building and pushed against him, against them one with his right arm and the other with his left saying, let me die with the Philistines. Philistines. Samson pushed hard with all his might. The building crashed on the tyrants and all the people in it. He killed more people in his death than he had killed in his life. His brothers and all his relatives went down to get his body. They carried him back and buried him in the tomb of Manoah, Manoah his father, between Zora and Estelle. He judged Israel for 20 years. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless the region of his word. You know, the life of Samson was a very interesting one. And God really wanted to deal with the Philistines, the Philistine people. Praise the Lord. But you see, like we had read from every other um, Bible character, Samson had a weak spot. And that weak spot was for women. Praise the Lord. But not just any women, any woman. He said the fine ones. And you see, when Delilah kept pressing him, how come he didn't understand that? After everything, day and night, day and night, shouldn't he have gone back to his house? Shouldn't he have caught himself in his track, knowing he had a purpose to fulfill? But he stayed there and finally gave up the source of his strength. You know? Um, Samson's story is, is a very interesting, very, very interesting one. Today, we don't have all the time to discuss it. You know, very, very, very interesting one. He gave up his strength to a woman of the opposing side. You know, she was a Philistine and the Philistine had bribed her with so much money. And day after day, he said he was tired of her nagging. But he shouldn't have stayed there after the first one, two, three times. He should have caught himself. He should have caught himself in that place. Wisdom should have fallen upon him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, at that time, and he should have gone back to his hometown, you know. 
go back to his place of um, 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 place of um, protection, his safety net. He should have gone back home, but he didn't realize that. So despite killing all the Philistines, they caught him. And the first thing they did was to cut off his eyes. And we know from scriptures that the eyes, the eyes is the guiding light of the whole body. So when the eyes is taken out, darkness fills the whole body. And that was exactly what they did to him. I hope we'll have some time to talk about something right now. Um, Brother Martins, over to you for the um, Pauline affirmations. Thank you so much, esteemed Damara, for this opportunity. Thank you so much, esteemed Pastor Debbie. Good morning, everybody, once again. Good afternoon, good evening. We're taking our formation right now. Okay, we'll take our formation normally by starting with your name. My name is, you see your name. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. The second paragraph, I, your name, am granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The third paragraph, your name first, my love abounds more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. At this time, I'll kindly ask everyone to mute their mic as we take our formation at the count of three. Please do unmute your mics. One, two, three. My name is Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Right now, I'd like us to get our communion ready. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians 11 from verse 23. It says, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, 
that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Please do in remembrance of me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for your body, which was broken for us, O God. We thank you, O God, yes, because your body was broken, that there has been no more broken, hallelujah. We are no more broken, O God, in our finances. We are no more broken in our health, O God. We are no more broken in any area of our lives, on our jobs, in our businesses, O God. We are not broken. Yes, hallelujah, because you paid it all for us. You paid it all for us, hallelujah. You took upon yourself all the pain, all the hurts, all the failures, all the sickness, all the poverty. You took it upon your body for us, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you today, O God. Lord, we thank you, O God, yes, because every plan of the enemy at this time against the world, hallelujah, to deceive the world, to deceive the leaders of the nations and to ensure that they bring all the negative, nefarious plans of the devil to pass in the world, no, it cannot stand. Because your body was broken and you died for all men. Therefore, the devil cannot have upper hand. But we see many come to Christ to God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father, in Jesus' name. You may now break the bread and eat it. After the same manner, also, he took the cup. And when he has stopped saying, the cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. But as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death till it comes. But I will thank you, O God, because in your blood is a new agreement, hallelujah. In your blood, hallelujah. This new agreement of the amazing life that you've brought for us of a life full of wisdom, life full of insight, a life full of understanding, hallelujah. A life, hallelujah, where we hear you and we hear you clearly. A life where you direct us, where you lead us by your spirit, oh God. Lord, we thank you. Yes, hallelujah, even as we go out today, we are led of your spirit. We are taught of your spirit. We are directed by you, hallelujah. Our part as the part of the just that shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. Oh, Liga, Sonta Lebraco Satakabaya. Moving on to perfection, Liga Satekabonda Fracteja. In any area or aspect of our life where we, where we require a change, change has come, hallelujah. We know how to effect that change, hallelujah. And we celebrate your glories in our life, oh God. Thank you, precious Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may now take the cup. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining in on the call today. Thank you, esteemed Damarak, for this um delightful opportunity to always lead the, the children of God in this segment of study of the word. Thank you so much. Right now, um, 
Thank you, esteemed co-hosts, too. You have all been so amazing. I'd like us to kindly unmute ourselves right now as we share the grace in fellowship. Thank you all so very much. Have an exceptional day. Thank you, ma'am.